I'd like to read um, the first 12 verses of Psalm 145. I'm going to speak very quickly and then hand over to Susie. Psalm 145, verse 1. I will exalt you, my God, the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation commends your work to another. They tell of your mighty acts. They speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty. And I will meditate on your wonderful works. They tell of the power of your awesome works, and I will proclaim your great deeds. They celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. All your works praise you, Lord. Your faithful people extol you. They tell of the glory of your kingdom and speak of your might so that all people may know of your mighty acts and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. So the psalmist starts off saying, I will, I will exalt you, I will praise you, I will praise you, I will extol your name. And just thinking about generally in life, but also of our Sunday mornings, in our life groups, when we meet together, when we have meals together, the psalmist is not saying, I should praise you, I could praise you, I might praise you, but there is a determination and a set of minds that said, I will praise you. I will do it. No matter what the circumstances are, no matter what's going on around me, I will focus my mind and I will praise you. And uh, a few weeks ago, Leslie spoke about the, the importance of shaping our minds on the good things. And so when we gather together, when we walk around the, around the world, we can focus on what we're hearing, on the news, what our workmates are doing, or we can draw ourselves and say, no, I will praise you, I will look to you, I will extol you, I will tell of the good things that God is doing. I was talking to Adrian this week, and uh, <clears throat> you know what it's like when you're sort of ill and you keep getting better and then you go ill again and then you get better and ill again and he just said one of the things that he's doing is just writing in a book the things that he has to be thankful for because then when he gets fed up again he can go back and say hang on a minute I can be thankful for this would be no good for me writing in a book others of you a picture of happiness and sunshine would be better um, I'll just I just hold it in my mind as a story that's how I would do it. But it's just remembering the things we have to be thankful for and focusing our minds on our determination to praise God. He goes on, one generation commends your works to another. We have a great family age range across the church. And the great thing is that we can, for those of us who are older, when it, particularly older in the faith rather than just in age, most of us have been there, done it, and got the T-shirt. <laughs> we've had our trials, we've had our difficulties, we've seen, we've been able to see how God has overcome, how he's provided, how he's healed. And sometimes we just forget that there are people younger 
in the faith in us that haven't had that. And they need to hear our stories. They need to hear what we've been through so that they can gain encouragement, so they can gain strength. They'll still have to go through their own trials and tribulations to get the t-shirt, but it will help them to know. So let's not think that any of us are too old, that our stories are too old. Paul once shared his testimony, he said, 14 years ago, this happened to me. And sometimes in the charismatic movement, it's like, it's gotta be today's word. It's gotta be what God has done this week. And Paul goes, 14 years ago, I had this experience. And those experiences of the past can be phenomenally helpful for those um, younger than us. And the younger ones, you have the excitement, the freshness of knowing God. But sometimes us older ones can just be a little bit, yeah, we've been there, done that, got the t-shirt. And we lose the freshness and the vitality and the life of knowing God and of knowing Jesus. Right at the back, which will make sense more next week, there's a banner that is an old, um, a very well-known African proverb. It takes a village to raise a child. And as a church, we are a little village. We're a little village in a huge city. But we can nurture one another from the youngest to the oldest. You know, take Richard. He's knocking on a bit. <laughs> but some of you who are a fifth of his age have known God longer than Richard has. And you have things to share with Richard. And Richard has things to share from the freshness of his faith. The psalmist talks about what can, he, what can you tell about? Well, the mighty acts of God, the abundant goodness of God, the glory of the kingdom, the gr God's greatness and his righteousness. We can be telling one another these things. And the results in the psalm, as I'm shooting through this very quickly, is it causes people to think of God. When I tell my stories about God, my accounts of God, people who know God are are drawn afresh. When I hear what God has done in someone's life, it makes me think again, hang on a minute, I may be struggling at the moment, life might be tough at the moment, but actually, yeah, God has worked in my life as well. And look what he's doing in their life. And I can take encouragement and life from that. It inspires me to tell my, my accounts of what God has done in me. And the final verse that we read in verse 12, it says this, so that all the people may know of your mighty acts and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. And that's what we want, is people to know who God is. Now, <clears throat> three or four weeks ago, um, the steering group meet to pray at uh, 6.30 on a Tuesday morning. And Susie just, whoosh, on a prayer about how we need to share our answers to prayer. So I've asked her to come and speak on it. Uh, 
Um, so I'm Susie. This isn't my natural environment. You should be able to determine that in the next couple of minutes. Um, but I'm hoping that gives you encouragement. If I can get through this, um, anyone can. Um, <laughs> and I really think it's so important that we share answered prayer because that's what it does. It encourages us. It gives us an expectation that we can see that, we can do that. It gives us a boldness as well. Um, over the last two years, if I put them down, I can't see you. If I can't see my notes. Um, over the last two years, I've been so privileged to join with numbers of people to pray. Um, and in particular, through two groups. So we have our discipleship group and we have our wobble room, um, uh, where we've met to pray through Zoom, through in person, through WhatsApp and in Teams. Our WhatsApp li uh, list throughout that period has been just a list of shared um, requests for prayer and answers to prayer and we've seen amazing things and, and that just helps our hearts soar that whatever the challenges are around us God's in there and answering us 2 Corinthians 1.11 talks about many giving thanks as a result of uh, the prayer of many and I think it's really important that as we share prayer it gives many the opportunity to give thanks um, one of the examples during this time, um, very early on in the whole pandemic, everyone was in lockdown, no one could leave their houses. Um, I was wake, awoken late one evening by my daughter to tell me about a family friend who'd been rushed to ITU, seriously confused and disorientated, and she needed sedating, intubating, taken into ITU, they thought brain hemorrhage. I text both the prayer groups I'm part of and I sat up and I prayed and I prayed through the night and around about half two, three o'clock, I just got this immense sense of peace of God saying, it's fine, your prayer's been answered, you can go to bed. And the next day she was taken out of ITU over the next week, she recovered completely and went home. And we were able to give thanks as, as our groups for that um, and, and that's just been incredible. And so sharing answers like that helps us all to glorify God, to worship, to develop our hearts in, in, in gratitude. And it raises expectation. It gives a real insight into our Father's heart. But we have to remember also, um, when we see answers to prayer, we're part of a body of Christ. Our answers aren't for us alone. If we pray for something and get an answer, um, it isn't just for us alone. My prayer that I would find a parking space and uh, getting one and getting here in time is why I'm able to talk to you now. Um, and being able to fit in the parking space, my parking skills aren't great. Um, but we are part of a body and it's really important we share the answers so others can glorify, others can give thanks. We have absolutely no idea how our testimony may build others. Um, I've been built so often and given um, encouragement so often by hearing the answers of prayer others have had to healings, to finance, to pregnancies, to marriages restored. Um, uh, one particular one um, that comes to mind is I was in a supermarket, I was rushing, I was trying not to see anyone I knew and I met with somebody who I hadn't seen for a while and she stopped me to tell me about her cancer diagnosis. Um, she'd been diagnosed with cancer, she had various tests, they'd formed a treatment plan, she'd had some more tests, she'd gone to the consultant, and the last test couldn't find anything. Um, and the consultant was astounded, and she said, it's fine, people were praying for me. He was of a completely different faith. He asked her to pray for him before she left that day. 
<laughs> I was so glad I was stopped in the supermarket that day. So, uh, you know, shared answer to prayer just inspires you. You know, the fact she shared that her healing was as a result of prayer got her to witness and pray for someone of a completely different faith um, who broke down in front of her and shared various problems with her. Sharing answers can also remind us to see God's hand in a situation. You may not be like this, it may just be me, but I ask for prayer sometimes or I pray sometimes for a situation um, before it happens and then when it happens it's not that bad. And I went, oh that's not that bad and it takes me a while to go, oh yeah that's because I prayed for it. Sometimes it's when someone else asks how the situation went. Um, and so sharing those answers can remind us to, give, to be um, grateful, to give thanks um, and others. And, Another situation, there was uh, uh, someone who fell and um, uh, people around heard, a visit, heard an audible crack and were convinced that bone had been broken. And when the x-ray, and, and people prayed, and when the x-ray was done, there was no break. And so it was recounted as, it's fine, there was no break. And then people had to say, yeah, but we prayed. <laughs> There's no break. Um, so we need to, you know, it's sharing and praying together it helps us recall that it is um, as a result of prayer and, and to give thanks for that. Um, it also reminds us of the power of prayer. I don't know, it may only be me again, but I am guilty sometimes of feeling helpless, of saying, all I can do is pray, there's nothing else I can do. But what else do we need to do? <laughs> Surely that comes first. And um, God recalled to mind um, a situation where I came to church some years ago, really down, really despondent and angry. And I don't do angry, um, but I was really, I'm not even sure I was angry with. I think it was, I hope it was with me. Um, but it, because my daughter, my youngest daughter had just been told, she's in a, she was in a long-term let, bringing up her two kids, um, she'd been there since she, she was married, uh, loved the house, loved the neighbourhood, friends with the neighbours, and the landlord had to come back to England suddenly and had told her she'd got to leave the house. And she was devastated, no idea where to go. And I felt helpless. Um, I already share my house with another daughter and her, her husband and four kids. I've got no room to take her in. Um, <laughs> I've got no, no savings to speak of. There was nothing I could do to help her financially. And so I felt a failure and I sat in church and it got very much, my self-pity got in the way of worship and about halfway through the worship, God spoke to me fairly clearly, not very clearly really, and said, why are you worrying about money? You've got much more, your riches are so much more, you can bring it to me. And I was like, sorry God. <laughs> yeah, um, and so I took it to him in prayer. The answer was virtually instantaneous. I think it was that afternoon. Um, my daughter spoke to another friend who said she'd seen her accountant a few days earlier and been told to buy a house to let for a, a, from a financial situation it was best for. The house next door to my daughter, um, she had friends there who just said they were putting the house up for sale. The two joined together, the house was bought really quickly. She got the house next door, virtually mirror image, except with all modernizations done. New kitchen, new bathroom. I couldn't have even thought to ask God for that. <laughs> it was incredible. And so, you know, it just moves us, to, uh, sharing answers like that moves us to remember how rich we are in God. You know? <laughs> I mean, of course we take it to God first, aren't we so, so rich? But it may only be me that forgets things like that, but I suspect we all do, and sharing prayer can help us um, to remember that. But while I'm talking about answered prayer, I also want to touch on prayers that don't seem to be answered. 
or take a while to be answered. Because I've sat in a talk, at the time my marriage was ending, I can remember it vividly, I sat in a talk where someone gave answer after answer after answer after answer, and I felt completely alienated because I was praying for my marriage and I wasn't seeing the answer. I ended up a single mum of four young kids. I'm still a single mum of four much older kids. Um, but God came through amazingly at that time. And later on, I recall the prayers that I was being told about that were answered and they blessed me. But at the time, you know, my situation got in the way. And sometimes our prayers aren't answered immediately or as we expect them to be. But sharing those experiences as well can be immense because I know during that time I was so close to God. God didn't abandon me. God carried me through that. And sharing your experiences of times where God doesn't seem to come through the way you're asking him to can help, as Dave said, those more experienced to share their experiences of how close you can be to God in those times. Um, and also see, sometimes in, it's in those times you see lots of other answers to prayers um, apart from that one. Um, and prayer that takes a long while to be answered, hearing examples of that can really build our hope and perseverance. Obviously in the Bible, Hannah praying for a child, there's lots of examples like that. Um, I've got a friend who prayed for years for her husband to be saved and then he was saved. Um, and she'd prayed years and years and years. Examples like that can give us real hope and perseverance and, and um, help us to know we're not abandoned even when we're waiting for answer. Revelations tells us that, uh, uh, gives us this picture of our prayers being presented in the throne room to God. And so we can be absolutely confident all our prayers are heard by our loving Father. And sharing prayers also helps us to remember. So while I was preparing for this, um, Rita and I went out for lunch in a, in a garden centre. We spent about an hour listing, shared, you know, answer to prayer, answer to prayer, answer to prayer. I've got no idea. It was fairly cramped, so I've got no idea what those people around us thought, we, we went out absolutely on a high, you know, and, and between us we recalled many answers that we've forgotten over time, and so it's really important we keep reflecting on and meditating on those answers to prayer. We, we came up with um, examples of healing, um, which gives us so much confidence to expect more of those. We Examples where we've prayed in street pastors and seen peace come we're in a really fraught situation. Um, interestingly, with um, street pastors, for example, the police can give objective evidence of falls in crime rate during the time that prayer pastors are praying for the street pastors that are on the street. Incredible. Um, so, so sharing answer to prayer can, uh, in the situation Rita and I were in, can really help us to remember, as well as witness to all the other people who've come to find their, by their pansies. Um, and Psalm 145, it talks about us meditating on the wonderful works of God. So it's important we also remember the big stories around us. I mean, I'm sure um, people have all heard about the, the prayer as that uh, we're blessed, you know, how, how much we're blessed in getting this building. Um, we got it at a much, much cheaper rate. It'd take far too long to tell you it all. Um, a church family um, put up the money, Trist now put up the money for it. There were just blessing after blessing. But how many of you also know how many people had been praying for so long beforehand from other churches around the town? When I meet people with street pastors, so many people tell us that in the years beforehand, people were praying for this street. 
As a street passed, as we were asked to patrol Eden Street, it was the only street we were allowed to go down that didn't have CCTV because it was felt it needed so much prayer. So to then have a church that spans the two, incredible. And I'd love to know the effect of our answered prayer on CCTV because um, the CCTV blokes used to see in the months before it became a church, all these people rocking up with their hands on the church praying for it. Street pastors did it every Saturday, live groups rocked up, stood there with their hands on the door and it suddenly transformed from a nightclub to a church. I've got no idea the impact that has had, but I'd love to know the conversations in their room. So we often call out for miracles and talk about miracles, but how many of them do we miss that we, or forget that we've seen? Do you know the answers to prayer in your friends' lives, in your, you know, in your church friends' lives? Do you know the miracles that they've seen? Um, do they know the miracles that have happened in yours? And, and as Dave was saying, talk about the, the old ones as well as the most recent ones. Many years ago, many, many, 20-odd years ago, I've been here a long while, um, I turned up at church on the Thursday I'd gone for a scan. They had told me I'd got a big tumour, um, and because I was in nurse's uniform, they obviously felt they could be really frank, so they pointed out all the aspects that were probably malignant. Um, <laughs> the surgeons were probably fishermen, and so the size of it sort of kept expanding. So it's somewhere between a grapefruit and a rugby ball, we never quite determined. And they went in intimate detail about how they'd have to cut out, not to spill the contents, all that stuff. On Sunday, I came to church and was prayed for. On Monday, they operated, it was benign. I didn't need hysterectomy, I'd been told I needed. You know, that's 20 odd years ago. I don't often recount that, but God prompted me when I was doing this that do we all know of each other's miracles? Do we share them? And do we spend time recounting them as Rita and I did, reminding each other of the ones we've seen, of the time we had no money to feed, I think there was about 40, 50 people in the hub waiting for food, and the cooker broke down. We got no money in the bank account. And somebody um, who um, helped us, and um, I don't want to name him because in case he doesn't want me to, I didn't ask first, um, but had raised money for us and had it on his person that day, ready to give to us and said, I've got this. So we said, right, we'll go to the chip shop. So we went out to the chip shop to buy chips for all these people. And the chip shop said, you can have them for free. And, <laughs> and it just blessed us so much and all the people up there who got the best meal they'd ever had, I think. Um, so we need to share the miracles we experience. We need to remember we're seeing them around us every day and we need to keep meditating on them um, and making sure that we know about each other's. Um, as um, the psalm says, we need to be um, celebrating God's goodness in our lives. We need to be proclaiming the good deeds done. And in doing so, how will impact not only each other, but also people around us who are unsaved. Um, as we give uh, uh, giving thanks, uh, sorry, sharing prayer helps us give things, thanks, glorify God and really build our expectations. So we need to do it more. I hope that all made sense. <laughs>